3: Rusty Quill Presents Hey everyone, Alex Etalander here, and before we dive into the next Behind the Ostium, I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about our Ostium Season 6 Indiegogo campaign. Thanks to the Ostium Patreon, we're able to pay Team Ostium for their work, whether it's voice acting, sound design, editing, or artwork. With our Indiegogo campaign, our goal is to pay our whole team fairly, and you can help make that happen in two ways. One, by supporting the campaign. There are a variety of awards, from sticker packs to postcards to notebooks to signed copies of the Ostium book, and access to a brand new miniseries just for the campaign. And, two, by sharing the Indiegogo link with friends, family, and through your social media, and telling everyone about this campaign and why you want it to succeed. You can find the link in the show notes to this episode, or by going to indiegogo.com and searching for Ostium podcast. You could also find it on our social media pages. Okay, that's enough for me. Thanks for your help, and let's get on with the new Behind the Ostium.
4: So let's move on to the next part. We're going to talk about keys to world building. All right, Dwayne, what do you think keys to world building are?
5: Personally, I think, um, and, and I may be jumping ahead here, but I, I know we were, had made some notes on is it better to start top down or go bottom up? Mm-hmm. And I usually, and going to what you just said on Ostium, I, I like coming up with the main idea and then spreading out from there. Whether that's up or down is irrelevant, I think. Right. So so to me, I, I come up with what's the hook? You know, what what is the main thing that we're going to be dealing with? I, I didn't what's the drive, the
4: drive of the story, basically?
5: Correct. So, so in Dungeons & Dragons, you know, what what's the goal, what's the, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the quest right. or whatever. And then going from there, you know, what do we need? Um, and I might just start out with, you know, some high level, you know, very high level bullet points, you know, people, places, you know, things like mm-hmm. that, and then go from there. Um,
4: and then uh, as you're writing it, you fill it in more.
5: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Do we need to go worldwide? Do I need to know what's on the other side of the world to tell my story? Mm-hmm. If, if not, then, then we don't need to build that part of the world yet. Um, if it's going to be used um, in uh, Chapter 2, then probably <laughs> maybe you should start thinking about it then or you know, just <laughs> drop a hint or two. Um, now, what about but, with
4: characters? Do you have to develop those more fully, though? Or is that, again, a discovery kind of
3: as you're working along?
5: I, I usually... I, a character will come into my mind, I'm going to say, almost fully formed. It's those little quirks or little nuances that, as I'm writing something, that'll be like, oh, they yeah, that's what they would say. That that's something. Um, and I'm and just again, I'm thinking about an NPC. You know, as a, if I'm playing mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, I'll, I'll have the um, you know a, a shopkeeper or a, a person that I know they're going to deal with, and they're going to be either very helpful, very un, you know, very hard to work with. But as, as I'm writing up some, some basic lines that I know I want to get across, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, they're, they're not just going to be rude. They're going to be very rude, you know, something to that effect. One thing that I did make a note on, um, is the, the details you'd make can be very focused if it's going to be something very immediate in the story. You Mm -hmm. know, what's the history of the place you're at and, um, I wrote in a, is it a small, creepy little town or is it a, you know, like a sprawling metropolis? Um, you know, that, right. That can be something that drives not just the story, but you know, the people in the story, you know, who's going to live in that, that area.
4: Um, and also, again, I think it depends on what your characters like, whether they want to info dump or give you all the information on what the town is like or the metropolis and also what's, Driving the story, if it, if you the reader needs to, to kind of know a lot of the details to get an idea of the size of the world and how it feels.
5: True, is is the narrator trustworthy, um, <laughs> the or not? Unreliable <laughs> narrator, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what about you?
4: I go with. Um, I always want to start with something I'm familiar with, kind of a grounding thing, uh, a small detail to just kind of. S- Set the. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier too. With a lot of um, like, a lot of movies actually do this pretty well. Where uh, I'm thinking of off the top of my head, Gravity, which I watched recently, where it's going to be either a science fiction or possibly a fantasy thing, where it's going to be something strange and different, possibly alien, that you're not necessarily too familiar with, and your starting scene will be something you can, the viewer or the reader, could immediately connect to and familiarize themselves with to know, oh, I've seen that before. I've experienced that, I know someone who has, or I can relate, or they're telling a joke, or just some little thing to kind of, as as you would say too, like kind of when you say like a little hook in a way, of just um, grounding them in something they know, and that's then when you can build on more of the strange and unusual to on the, to show your world, that because you've already started with a grounding, you're not just going to get lost along the way, and this can be tricky for a lot of books that do um, what's called um, in media res, where you start in the middle of something going on. And I, th- I think from what I've read, in fa- especially fantasy, it bugs the hell out of me. George R. R. Martin does it in all the Game of Thrones books where he has a prologue and he just throws you right in the head a little bit. And you're like, I don't know what the hell is going on. And I'm going to finish these 10 pages and start the regular chapter. And I'm not really going to remember this part at all. Or when I do, it, I'll be like 400 pages ahead and be like, well, I guess I should go back and reread that now and I'll understand it. Um, so that kind of bugs me because I feel, again, you're not setting up that grounding point. You're just throwing them in there and it's a choice by the writer, which, in my opinion, isn't always a good one. And then once you've started this, um, started from your grounding point, you've you you set you've got to set your rules for the world to know where you're going, because otherwise you can just go anywhere. You can contradict yourself. You can end up um, forcing the character to do things that uh, they either can't do or it doesn't feel right for them to do. And you'll catch later on, possibly, and realize, well, why the hell is he doing this? He can't do that. And so that's why I think it is important to kind of set some rules up to begin with, to know where your world's going to go and how it's just going to flow and work as a, as a fantasy place. And then after that, I add complexity. I put in a lot of details of um, what the world feels like. I feel in my writing, I'm very um, tactile. I can remember doing, um, in the early stages in high school as a writer, I remember an exercise we did where it was describing something and using, you know, describing the same thing using each of your five senses. And I just remember making a big, strong impression on me and how, like, usually when you're trying to describe a scene, you want to use two or three of these senses to to give a feel to it. Um, And I know that's something I've just always gone back to in my writing and just felt like... Like, um, I'm thinking of the episode uh, of Ostium, Home by the Sea, where it was the first kind of, quote, horror episode where some really weird things happened that were kind of different from the usual flow of Ostium... But I wanted to, one, make it feel very different, but also I wanted to flood it with um, a lot of details to, to help ground the person in knowing exactly where they were. That Even though this was completely unfamiliar territory for what they might have been used to with Ostium, because there was a lot of detail, they were able to have that full picture, much like Heinlein was really good at too, of um, filling up the world so that the person wouldn't feel lost. Or disconnected from the story, because as you know, as you say, when you're fully immersed in a story, it's like nothing else. But by the same token, if you're not connecting with the story, you're just getting more and more turned away by what you're reading, and eventually you just give up and start on something else.
2: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month, sold. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,
4: Um, the other thing to think about is what your actual project is. Again, is it a short story? Is it a novel? Is it a long series you want to do? Is it a game? You're thinking of a video game? Is it a podcast? Um, I think a lot of these things help to make when you think of them when you're starting off trying to set your world to give it a very loose kind of structure and direction in where you're going to go. A video game you know, something you probably won't do. I mean, obviously a lot of it's going to be visual, but you're not going to want to overload a lot of dialogue with explaining stuff and things like that because the visuals will speak for themselves. Um, With a podcast, you want to give some detail to set the scene, but you're also going off of how the voice actor is reacting and acting in the world that will give you more information than, for example, a book where all you're going off is what the writer has written. So there you want more detail, more to give you an idea of what you're going. So that's something to take into mind when you're first starting the project, just to give you an idea of um, kind of where you're gonna go with it and how much of a structure you're gonna need around it. Um, And then I mentioned this a little bit earlier too, you wanna keep in mind all the details you wanna set up and create, but you might not necessarily use, but have known like a character that if it's gonna be a long running character, you're gonna wanna know their history, where they were born, what their family was like, what their upbringing was like. This was definitely something like with Monica as I started to develop her more as a main character and not just a kind of side character for Jake. I realized, well, she's becoming a bigger person. I need to know more about her so I can have her react better with Jake in certain scenes and what's going on. Once I know, then once I worked out her history and knew that, I would be able to have her one act better with Jake and react off of him and what was going on in the various scenes um but also then when i got to explaining her character more i would know what i was going to tell her about <laughs> to give her a history and things like that
5: um what are the differences between small world building for small projects and big world building um if it is going to be just a a short story you may not need to do a lot of world building right mm-hmm. um is is it is it a story um that may be fiction but it's set in the, what we would call reality, our our normal right. reality. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need to set up a lot if everybody already knows. You know what countries are where and how different right. politics points, are playing yeah. out. Mm-hmm.
4: And I guess you could say you kind of did this with Centralia in a, in a way where you just had this one story you were thinking of and you wrote it and kind of set it in its own little world. And then once people asked for more, that's when you started looking to see if you could develop more. But you didn't have to develop more at that point. As you were writing it, because you were keeping it as a small little story,
5: correct? Yeah, and I didn't need to develop any history because it was there; it was real. Like right. I just had mm-hmm. to. Uh, I just did a couple quick uh, Wikipedia searches <laughs> to make sure I wasn't contradicting what I because you there. It's a local town, and there's a lot of local history, and sometimes right. the things you hear are not real um, accurate. Right. Um, so I, I for the. The way the f- mine fire started, I'm not sure anyone really knows. There's a couple good theories, and I just picked one.
4: And a good conspiracy theory. I actually had a very similar thing with um, the Roanoke episode of Ostium, of doing a little bit of research, and then as I was writing it and needing to do a little more research, basically discovering, oh wait, it's actually even though it's supposed to be the big American mystery of unsolved, you know, um, we actually know exactly what it was, and it's. Very, 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 very likely they just went off with the Indians and lived happily ever after there, <laughs> um, which is why I kind of had Jake almost reveal that, too, at the end. And kind of the same, again, with uh, the Mary Celeste, too, of going a little bit into the history and explaining the the setup of the mystery, but also the, the idea of a table full of uneaten food just sitting there when everyone had disappeared was just made up. Yeah, so small versus big. Obviously, when it's a bigger world and you're looking to make a big series out of it, that's when you want to do the, not just plot development but world development. Have your your characters laid out, what the people are like, if there are different kinds of people, what your world is like. Um, one good show that a podcast that I really enjoy that does this is The Earth Collective.
5: Where have you listened to it, Dwayne? I've I'm I've listened to about four episodes. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so, yeah, it's the one where it's kind of an alternate Earth set on the world of oasis where we left our planet many years ago in giant ships. And then these ships got to the world of oasis, And because it had taken so long, only a few of them survived and crashed there. And then now the people who live there have de- kind of developed a small society. Um, and then there's a, a certain event that happens where every time nightfall comes the night just takes people away and we don't really know why yet or what actually happens. Um, But so in that case, then the people have to keep running from it. And so they have this caravan going around the planet, basically in this long train, constantly moving. Um, And so it goes into wonderful detail about how the different caravans are, how they work, what the different jobs, what different jobs people have and how that functions as a constantly moving society. But the creator's also gone back and looked, you know, pulled in little bits about the history of Earth too, and what people know about it, and the technology. So that's one of those where, and I've, I've been, I'm a patron subscriber with him, so we've had a lot of um, kind of little behind-the-scenes things and stuff like that. And he really has, I think, workbooks of details and everything he's worked out because he always seems to have an answer for stuff about like how like certain water, water things they get or different. Uh, facilities they have or however they do certain things what the tree trees are like on the planet what the animal life is like and just he's got that all worked out even though only little bits of it has shown up in the show so far so that'd be a really good example if you wanted to check out um, to listen to that show and get an idea of goodwill
5: <laughs> for a big projects so. I, I i can definitely agree with that the first episode i listened to I was like, all right, yeah, download download three more and and I listened to them <laughs> and I can't remember what I can't remember what pulled me away, but I have three more on my my phone right now and I just haven't gotten back to it. Um you probably want more too, my, there's not my, enough. <laughs> download. Yeah, my download queue just keep, keeps getting bigger and bigger. Not enough time I I need to start delivering mail. I need more time to listen to podcasts. Mail? Oh, right.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they're always hiring (laughs) no you're having your job (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's hard when you i mean i definitely know i'm a a rare case and i feel very fortunate that i get to enjoy podcasts all day and audiobooks and get through a lot of reading that way
5: There, there are times when i can yeah yeah um haven't been doing that much lately though